Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, give praise to the King of Kings this morning. Hallelujah. He's here. He is here. The King is here this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. We honor you, Lord. We honor you. We recognize your presence in this place. We honor you. Be exalted. Be magnified among your people this morning, Lord. Oh, we give you glory, our King. Not only the King of of natural Israel, but the king of spiritual Israel, the people of God, the people of Zion. You are those people. We are those people among whom the king of glory dwells. I said, you are those people among whom the king of glory dwells, the king of, age, of the ages dwells, the king of the universe dwells. Hallelujah. Awaken to the fact that he's in our midst this morning. Come on, how would you act in the presence of a king? You give him glory, you give him praise, you give him honor, you exalt his name, you magnify him, you glorify him. Hallelujah. We recognize you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to your name, the name above every name. At that name, every knee bows, every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Lord. Oh, glory. There's not enough praise for you, our King. You're worthy of so much more. So much more. Hallelujah. Worthy of so much. You're worthy of everything we have. Every breath that we breathe, Lord, you're worthy of it being an ex exaltation of your name and magnifying your person and who you are. Hallelujah. I've been so blessed this morning already. Just thinking about even the songs that they were singing today. Just every song has seemed the message of the King just coming through, bringing our attention to who Jesus really is. And that, we're beginning a new series for this month, this morning. And I uh, just wanted to kind of preface this to let you know that on Wednesday nights, our Wednesday night messages are going to be tied to the Sunday messages. Sunday's called The King and His Kingdom. And we are going to be uh, examining who Jesus is. And we're going to be examining His message his ministry, his mission, and our mandate because of all of that. But on Wednesday nights, we're going to be talking about kingdom culture, which is the lifestyle of the citizen of the kingdom. We need to learn how to manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth because God's plan, his intention was, is, and always will be that his kingdom be manifested let me say this, his heavenly kingdom be manifested on the earth through sons and daughters made in his image and his likeness and that the heavenly kingdom of God would impact the earth and cause it to be changed and transformed to be a representation, a true representation of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, this month. So I want to encourage you, don't just come on Sunday mornings. You're missing out. Come on Wednesday nights as well because you're only going to be getting half the message. And it's so good. On Wednesday nights, we do a Bible study type situation. And so we really plumb the depths of the word. And so I just really want to encourage you, get all you can get, man. We're in, and I'm telling you, we're entering into a seat. Well, God is just desiring so many things through his church. And I believe we're in a period of awakening to those truths so that we can step into what God has provided for us through Jesus, something he's always wanted. <clears throat> See, it's not him holding back. 
It's just us not being ready to really step in yet. We're in the process of transforming uh, our thinking, renewing our mind, so that we have not only thinking the way God thinks, but we're thinking the thoughts of God concerning his will. And Jesus said, uh, when the disciples asked him to teach them to pray, he said, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Get that. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the gospel. That is the good news. And I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm just excited to share this word with you today. You know, first thing I want to talk about is that Jesus Christ is probably the most misunderstood person in the history of the earth. Not only in the world, of course, the world misunderstands who Jesus is. You know, and if you asked him, some would say he's a fraud. Some would say he's an imposter. Some would say he's a good teacher. Some would say he's a prophet. Some would say he's the head of an ancient religion, a leader, religious leader. They would all be wrong. Although he is a good teacher, <laughs> although he was a prophet, that's not truly who he is. And even in the church, we've misunderstood who Jesus is. You know, we would say, and I say this, and the, these things are true, but just hear my heart. We would say he's my healer. We would say he's my provider. He's my redeemer. He's my peace. He's my joy. But I'm here to tell you, he is our king. And those are benefits of relationship with the king. He's the benevolent king. That's why he has such great benefits. And being in relationship with him gives us access to all the benefits of his kingdom. His kingdom is a kingdom of light and life. And when his kingdom begins to uh, influence our life, it manifests itself in health, provision, righteousness, peace, and joy, and all of those things just come as a manifestation of his kingdom through our life. And really, therefore, his glory, because it shows how good of a king that we serve. And that's what the world needs to see how good he is. You know, the fall of man caused man's view of God to be distorted to where we didn't see him correctly. One of the things Jesus came to do is reintroduce us to the true nature and character of God. He's a giver. He's a lover. And uh, he provided his kingdom for our benefit. Those things are all benefits, but they're not who he is. Who, he, who is he? He's a king. He asked uh, the disciples at Caesarea Philippi, remember Matthew chapter 16? He said, who do men say that I am? Some say Elijah. Some say, you know, these different prophets. And he said, but who do you say that I am? Because listen, what really matters, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. What do you say about Jesus? The reason this is so important, the reason that I wanted to start with this is because how, who we understand a person to be determines how we relate to them. You know, you even think on your job, you know, if you're a supervisor, how you relate to your supervisor and how you relate to the people you supervise is completely different. Why? Because you relate to a person based on who you understand them to be. And we've got to get our thinking right in regard to who Jesus is, he's a king. He's a, <laughs> he is our king. He's not only our king, he's the king of all. He's the king of the universe. He's the king of creation. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of glory. He's the king of all kings. And so I want to talk about this morning. I'm going to kind of ease into this. I want to look at some scriptures, lay in some foundation on this because we've got to relate to him properly if we want to experience his influence in our life correctly. And the church has got to change the way we view Jesus. So I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 2. 
You know, we've been, and Josiah blessed us with that song about the birth of Jesus. Born is the king of Israel, was what that song said. And this is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east. Uh, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? who has been born king of the Jews. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. See, Herod was troubled because a new king had been born. And that meant a threat to his throne. Oh, the reason people were threatened by Jesus when he was on the earth is because he was a king. And kings don't want to submit to other kings. (laughs) That's when their, their uh, rulership passes on to another. And Jesus was here to reveal a new king was on the scene. In verse 6 of that same chapter, he quotes uh, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. And it says, let's see if I can do this right. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah... Yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, from of old, from everlasting. All the prophets understood Jesus, or they understood the Messiah, was a king who was coming to earth to rule not only Israel, but to rule all of the nations. And that will be fulfilled. You know, there's a lot of Uh, kingdoms or there's a lot of nations who have tried to rise up and and rule over the whole world. Everyone has failed and everyone will fail. There is one who is the king of the nations and his name is Jesus and he will come and he will rule over the nations. It's all written in prophecy but I just want us to see what the prophets understood about Jesus. I don't know why this isn't working right. It's the, oh, it's behind me. Oh, they changed it. It was over there. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This is what Isaiah the prophet said about him. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the religion will be upon his shoulders. Is that what it says? No. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end, and upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The government is upon his shoulders, not a religion. The government of God would be upon his shoulders. And the increase of his government and peace, because his government is, his kingdom is a kingdom of peace, would begin with his coming, but it would increase and increase and increase unto the fulfillment of his kingdom on earth, which is at his second coming. But we're the body of Christ. And the shoulders are a part of the body. He's the head. He's the head of a kingdom. He's the head of a government. But when he came, his, his kingdom began to be established back on the earth again. And it is increasing. L- listen, we get distracted by what's going on in the world. We're paying attention to this nation and that nation and all the things that, are, that they're trying to do. But let me tell you, the king of kings has a plan. An overarching plan. That don't worry, it's going to come to pass. Why? Because the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Whether you're a part of it or not, that's a different story. Whether I'm a part of it or not, that's a different story. But the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this fact that the government of God will increase and overtake the entire world. 
And this is what people need to hear. His kingdom has come to earth and it's increasing to where one day it will encompass the ruler. He will rule over all of the nations of the earth. And only those who are a part of his kingdom will be a part of that eternal kingdom on earth where heaven is ruling and reigning. And man, his kingdom is one of righteousness and peace and of joy. His foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. If you want justice on the earth, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all things that you're seeking for will be added unto you. Look at this in uh, Psalm 47. Here's the attitude. Here's what we should be like when we come together. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all of the earth. You know, you wonder why in worship some people are getting loud. Some people are clapping. Some people are shouting. Why? Because they got a revelation of the fact that the king is in the room. And when a king is in the room, when a dignitary is in the room, you, act, you change the way that you're acting when you recognize their presence. Listen, if the president, if, let me say this, if a president... <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say this. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I'll, I'll just say this. He's not a president. There's something we need to recognize. He's not a president. He isn't voted in. He isn't voted out. By a free or a fixed election. There is no manipulation of votes that can get him out of office. He's not a president. He's not an elected official. We don't have anything to do with whether he's seated on the throne or not. We only have to do with our attitude toward whether we recognize he's seated on the throne or not. There is no vote of the people to get him in. There is no vote of the people to get him out. It's whether you like it or not. Jesus is king. Adjust your thinking. Mm. He's not a president. A president is elected by the will of the people. So a president is supposed to be elected by the will of the people. To represent their wishes. He doesn't represent our wishes. He represents his will. I'm going to say that again. He isn't a president who represents the wishes of the people. He represents the will of his father in heaven. And as king, it's his office to make sure his will comes to pass on the earth. Mm. Hallelujah. Man, let's just praise him. Clap your hands. Give him a shout of praise. He's in the room. He's in the room. He's in the room. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the king. Glory to the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's not voted in. You know, he was appointed by the Father and anointed by the Father to sit in that office as king. There's nobody going to remove him. You know, that's what uh, second, uh, Psalm 2, 6 says. God declares, I have set my king on my holy hill in Zion. He said, I have said, that's, that's, uh, that's his office. Well, let's listen to, let's look at the words of Jesus in John 18 when he was talking to Pilate. Remember Pilate, you know, Jesus had been brought to uh, Pilate to be crucified. They wanted him crucified and Pilate questioned Jesus because he wanted out of it. He wanted out of it. Uh, he didn't want to be a part of it. He, he recognized that Jesus was 
uh, an innocent man who was being, you know, that the Jews were uh, jealous of the, the influence that he had among the people, and they feared that their power and their money was going to get away from them. That's what it was all about, is power and money. And so Pilate brings him in, and Pilate, it says, entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Man, I love Jesus. He just says the right words. <laughs> Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, he's not talking about earth. The word world's talking about the systems of the world. He said, I'm not a part of this system. My kingdom is not a part of this system. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. His kingdom was on earth, but it wasn't from earth. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Listen to this. Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Mm. Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. You know, Pilate goes on and says, what is truth? Jesus came to bear witness of the truth that he was the king and that his kingdom had come to earth. That was his message. You know, we've preached all kinds of things and there's a difference in teaching because we teach about faith. We teach about all of the, the uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about on Wednesday nights. We're going to talk about culture. What is God's intent for our lifestyles and our ministries on the earth? But the truth that Jesus came proclaiming is that the kingdom, kingdom of heaven had come to earth and that he was providing entrance into the kingdom of God for any man who would hear his message and receive it and believe. Amen. His message was all about the kingdom of God. That's what he preached everywhere he went, the kingdom of heaven. Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 4. You know, this is after Jesus had been, you know, publicly announced by John the Baptist, baptized in the river Jordan, came out of the river Jordan. The father declared, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And after he kicked the devil's tail on that temptation, the Bible says he came out in the power of the Spirit, and he began to enter into his ministry. And these were his words. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His message was an announcement, the pronouncement of the fact that the kingdom of heaven had come to earth. And he said, repent. And the word repent has got a lot of religious connotation to it. But it simply means change your thinking. There's a new kingdom here on the earth. There's a new king has come to earth. And there's a new opportunity for men to begin to experience the realities of heaven. Even right here on the earth where we live. Man, it's a return to God's original intent for why he created earth in the beginning to begin with. We got to re re realize his original intention was that he would rule earth, but not directly, but indirectly through mankind. That's why he created a physical realm and a physical man to be on it so that he could have rulership and that he could reign and have dominion and his kingdom be established on earth through mankind. And even though there was a fall in the Garden of Eden, God's intention never changed. Amen. And he had a plan before the foundation of the world to bring it to pass. Mm. 
His intent never changed. He came pronouncing that the kingdom of heaven is here. It would do us good to pronounce that. Because as Montana said earlier, it brings an expectation. Man, our declarations bring hope and expectation of things. And then faith gives substance. Mm, gives substance that what we say matters. What we say determines the atmosphere of what we're thinking and we're believing and expecting to see. And it gives God an ability to, to manifest what we're saying in, in our midst. Let me talk about the kingdom of heaven for a minute. It just means when you see the phrase kingdom of heaven, it means the rule of God's kingdom, his heavenly kingdom on the earth. Listen, it is, there are times when it's talking about future fulfillments, but predominantly Jesus' preaching had to do with the age we live in right now. And the fact that God's kingdom is present here on the earth in the age that we live in. So there are three aspects of the kingdom of heaven that I want to talk about first of all. And the first one is the fact that the kingdom of heaven is fulfilled in this present day age of grace. But how is it fulfilled? Jesus said in Luke chapter 17... That the kingdom won't come with observation. Men won't say, here it is or there it is. In other words, it's not, he's not talking about the physical. Because listen, the second aspect is when Jesus returns. And he will physically be here and he will physically sit on the throne of David. And he will rule over all the nations of the earth. But right now, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. I said the kingdom of God is within you. He's within the, his people. The target territory for the kingdom of heaven right now is the hearts of his people. And so the kingdom of heaven is fulfilled in this present age of grace. And that's predominantly what Jesus talked about when he was on the earth. His parables were predominantly talking about how the, they, were, they were the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven that were hidden from the world for from the world but for his disciples that's why in Matthew 13 when he talks about the parable of the sower he says for unto you the mystery you know is you're you're able to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven and then in Matthew 18 he goes on and says i'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom in other words i'm going to give you the authority to lock up certain things and to unlock certain things. He said, whatever you bind to be bound in heaven, whatever you loose to be loosed. What he's saying is that I'm going to put the authority of the kingdom of heaven in your hands. And I'm going to go back to heaven as the head. And it's going to be up to my body, my church, my body to take the authority of the kingdom and manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth through their lives. Man. So that's predominantly what he was talking about. You know, and I think this is where a lot of the religious teaching about heaven came into play as we just read kingdom of heaven and we think about going there. It always gets like a quiet, nervous quietness when you talk about that. Jesus never preached about us going to heaven. He always preached about heaven coming to earth. Now, we will go to heaven in the rapture, uh, but we're not going to be there long. Because the Bible says he'll catch us away. We're going to heaven while the tribulation is happening on the earth. And then at Jesus' second coming, him and his church are going to return to rule over the nations. <laughs> and then, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So then that is the second aspect of the kingdom of heaven is that it will be fulfilled in the millennium. 
which is Jesus' second coming when the church returns with him. He sets up his physical kingdom on the earth. He rules over the nations for a thousand years. The kingdom of heaven will be manifested on the earth with Jesus sitting physically on the throne and ruling over all of the nations for a thousand years. A full millennium, it will be fulfilled in that. Oh, and then, and that is, you can find that in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. But then there's a third fulfillment, which is the final fulfillment in the new heaven and the new earth. In Revelation 21, it said, John saw the new Jerusalem descending upon the earth and landing, lighting upon the earth. And, and God the Father declares, I make all things new. Hmm. The age of it, and it's going to be for eternity that way. So listen, heaven, we, we have this religious mentality of preaching about heaven. But the problem is, is religion puts everything off to the future. And you can't partake of what you postpone. And that's the reason, one of the reasons the church has been so impotent to bring the kingdom of heaven to bear upon the earth is because we believe it's all for the future. <laughs> so Jesus' message was was predominantly an, a pronouncement of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. And then his ministry was proving it. <laughs> Look at uh, the next verse, or let's see, Matthew 4, 23. Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The word gospel means good news. So he was preaching the good news of the kingdom. And healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Jesus went about preaching and teaching and healing. Why were those his ministry? Because preaching is proclaiming the good news that the kingdom of heaven has come to earth. That's what he was saying. He was saying, change your thinking. The kingdom of heaven is here. You should be expecting more. There should be a greater expectation now. Change your thinking. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is here. Oh, man, wherever the kingdom of heaven is, all of the benefits of the kingdom are available to anybody who will access them. And then he went about teaching. He taught his parables as a way to, to sift out who was just there for, you know, who was just there or who was really interested. And then he went about healing, which was demonstrating or proving what he proclaimed. And we've got to get this. That is supposed to be our ministry as well. Proclaim the kingdom of heaven. I tell you what, when you do that, you change the expectation of the atmosphere. The kingdom of heaven is here. What did he mean by that? Well, a king is the embodiment of his kingdom. Anywhere a king goes, his kingdom is present. Why? Because the power of his kingdom is executed by his decrees. And so when he was here on the earth and he was proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is here as he was saying, I'm the king and in me the kingdom of heaven is present and through me you have access to every benefit that the kingdom of heaven has to offer. In other words, you don't have to go there to experience the benefits of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> That's not what he wanted. If he wanted us to experience the benefits of the kingdom of heaven by going there, he would have just created us there. That wasn't his intention. That wasn't his desire. His desire was that he would create a people of royal sons and daughters through which he could manifest his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Oh, man. That is so awesome. Hallelujah. You say, well, Jesus went back to heaven. Yeah, but Christ didn't leave. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus left, but Christ didn't. The anointed. We are Christ. Paul said that in, in Corinthians. He said, now ye are the body of Christ. And members in particular. But we are anointed with the same anointing that Jesus carried. Man, we don't just have an anointing from God. We have the anointing of Christ. We've been blinded. We've got to open our thinking. We've got to allow the renewing of our mind to happen to where we embrace the truth of who we are. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. That's what he did as he went around. He went around teaching, preaching, and healing, proving. And then he passed on his ministry to his disciples. You know, it says in Matthew 10 that he, uh, he sent 12, the 12 disciples out and he told them, proclaim the kingdom of heaven, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out devils. In other words, do what I'm doing. Carry it on. Then in Luke chapter 10, he sent 70 out. And then after his death, burial, and resurrection, which was him providing entrance into the kingdom of heaven for anyone who would believe, 120 received the anointing that Jesus had on the day of Pentecost. And they went out in the very next chapter in Acts chapter 3, Peter, walking up to the gate, beautiful, sees a lame man. Begging for alms, and he says, Silver and gold have I none? Man. But such as I have, such as I have, I give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man began walking and leaping and praising God. Why? Because the same anointing that is upon the head of the church, Jesus Christ in heaven, is on the body of Christ. Yes. He went about not just proclaiming, and that's what we've got to get, is that the, God, the kingdom of God is not just in word, it's in power. That's what the Apostle Paul said. I believe it was in 1 Corinthians 4. He said, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. That's where we missed it. We've been so religious in our thinking that we've been working, trying to get something that we already have. We've been working, trying to get somewhere that has already come. I'm going to say right now, the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is here. Yeah. Why? Because the king is here. He's in his people. He's dwelling in the midst of his people. You know... Our attitude isn't to try to get him to come in. He wants out. I remember over in the other auditorium during worship one day, he said that. I was like, Lord, I just want you to fill my heart. He said, I don't want in. I want out. That's what he told me. He said, I want out. I'm already in. I want out. <laughs> Man, that, that changed your thinking right there. Why? We are never at a deficit in any situation that we face. We're never at a disadvantage. Why? Because the greater one lives in you. The greater one dwells in and among his people. The greater one dwells among and in his people. And when he's present, the kingdom of heaven is present. 
And every benefit of the kingdom of heaven is available to anyone who by faith would access it. And we got, you know, and it's not just about us accessing it, but it's about us taking and releasing it. That's really what it's about is us releasing it to people anywhere we go. And we got to change our religious thinking. Do you know that everybody that ever received healing from Jesus was a sinner? Come on now. Oh, yeah, we're, we're trying to receive healing. And you know what the first thing the devil says? Well, you don't deserve it because you're not good enough. You haven't, you haven't qualified. I'm telling you, that is a lie. Amen. Let me say this. The kingdom of heaven is our inheritance. Our inheritance isn't heaven. It's the kingdom of heaven. And there is a difference. The kingdom of heaven is our inheritance. And we don't, you don't receive an inheritance by qualifying. You receive an inheritance by birth. Kings don't become kings by, by way of, of earning it. Kings are born kings. Amen. You can't become a king any other way. Right. You're born into it. It's your inheritance. In fact, in Matthew chapter 25, when Jesus divides the nations, he's going to say, uh, depart from me into everlasting judgment to the goat nations, but to the sheep nations, he's going to say, enter into the kingdom of heaven, which was prepared for you. Actually, I said it wrong. Enter into your inheritance the kingdom of heaven which was prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. The kingdom of heaven is our inheritance. It's ours by birth. It's our birthright because we have been born of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we put our faith in him and we declare him Lord, that means our owner. We put, himself, we put ourselves under his kingship and we become citizens of the heaven heavenly kingdom with full rights to execute dominion on the earth and to bring the kingdom of heaven to bear upon the earth. Mm. Colossians chapter one, I don't know if I have it here or not, but I'll quote it to you. It says, giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has, quali who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light where he has delivered us from the authority of darkness and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son oh I tell you what you ought to be more excited about that <laughs> he, has, he has delivered us. See, that's what happened is Adam abdicated his kingdom authority on the earth. He submitted to, a, to, to the enemy, and he, he gave over his kingly authority on earth to Satan. But Jesus, the last Adam, came back, and he, he redeemed us from what Adam did to us. And he gave us back our inheritance. He gave us back our kingly right as sons of the king of heaven. He gave us back the authority to execute God's will on earth over the enemy, over his kingdom. He transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Our names are written on the role in heaven. We are citizens of heaven. Now, hmm, some of y'all are getting it. Hallelujah. He transferred us out of the, the authority of darkness. Hmm. There's more, than, more to you than meets the eye. I say, you're not who you think you are. Mm. I would say, you know, 
religion warns against thinking too highly of yourself, and I know there's an aspect of that, but I would say that most of us aren't flirting with that. <laughs> I would say the enemy has deceived us into thinking way lower of ourselves than who we truly are. My goodness, you are royalty. We're royalty. I don't say that to puff you up. I say that to wake you up. We're royalty. We're literally born of God. You know the song that Josiah sang, First Noel? You know what Noel means? Born of God. He was the, oh man. He was the first born of God. He was the first born of God. What's that mean? Oh, that means that there are more to come. Come on now. John said this. He said, as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God to those who were born not of the will of the flesh or of blood or of man, but of God. <laughs> we were born of God. That means God lives within us. Our... I'm going to close with this. Jesus redeemed three things to us. First, our innocence. Through Adam, we all became guilty. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, provided payment he provided the cancellation of all of our sins. Every man. He was the substitute sacrifice for every man. And his precious blood was the payment, the full price to redeem us from our sins, which makes us innocent. That's what justified means. We are innocent in the sight of God. Man, if you have, if Jesus, if you have been born again... Born of God. Let me say that. If you've been born of God, you are innocent. You are justified in his sight. He has made a legal, eternal declaration over your life. You're his. You belong to him. He dwells in you. You're his address on the earth. Second, he redeemed our identity because born of God, now being born of God, we are a new creation. I'm looking at a new creation nation, another nation, the people of God who inhabit the earth. He redeemed our identity. You need to cast off that old man, that old way of thinking, the way that you saw yourself before, all the words that people spoke about you that weren't in agreement with what God has declared from before the foundation of the world. Take those off like old clothes. They don't fit you anymore. They're not made for you. They're not tailored for you. God had a new set of clothes. He put a robe of righteousness on you. He put a robe of righteousness on you. That's not who you are anymore. I'm a new creation. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not a criminal. I'm not destined for destruction. I'm not destined for death. I'm not destined for anxiety. I'm not destined for depression. I'm not destined for all of those disorders and things that are in the world. Well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not just righteous, he is, he is my righteousness. I have a new identity, you need to believe it. You live out of what you believe about yourself. That's why the devil's biggest uh, deception right now is to cause people to identify as something other than what he created them to be. I don't wanna get off, but I'm going to. Only a creator has the right to identify and define what he has created. If we are identified or defining ourselves as anything other than what he created to be us to be, we are deceived. Yes. <laughs> he redeemed our identity, so now we can know who we are. We can embrace who we are, and we can begin to live out of who we truly are. And then thirdly, he redeemed our inheritance. 
Not that I can go to heaven when I die. Get this. Do you know you don't receive your inheritance when you die? You receive your inheritance when the person who left it for you dies. Come on now. Wake up. We don't receive an inheritance when we die. We receive an inheritance when, our, when the person who left it for us dies. When Jesus died on the cross and was raised again, our inheritance was released to us as the people of God. Come on. Hallelujah. Man, you're waiting for your inheritance. Pie in the sky. Receive it now. This is what we got to receive now. We've been lied to. We've been duped. We've been deceived. You know, the book of Hebrews chapter 9 clearly says that. It says that when a, testament, when a will and testament is made, when the person who made it dies, then the will is released to the people that it was left to. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means we share the same inheritance with him. We share the same inheritance. Joint heirship doesn't mean he gets apart, we get apart. No, we share the same inheritance. Well, what is our inheritance? The kingdom. The kingdom of heaven on earth. On earth. On earth. What's our inheritance? Kingdom of heaven on earth. That should change our homes. Should change our personal lives. Should change our homes. Should change our families. Should change our church. Should change our communities. And I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about bringing people, other people into. The target territory for the kingdom is not the territory of land. It's the territory of hearts. Hmm. Hallelujah. Where's the band at? Y'all want to come up? Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, this kingdom is so awesome. It's everything that you desire, even if you don't even realize it. The kingdom of heaven is everything you desire. You know why? Because it's what you were designed for. The reason it's what you desire is because it's what you were designed for. Man, I don't really want to give away the next part of this, because. but did you know every person is searching for the kingdom of heaven? Every religion is a man-made system searching for what their heart longs for, which is reconciliation with God. And the power of the kingdom of heaven that was taken out of the hands of mankind when Adam disobeyed God. Man, I said something there. Every human heart is searching for that, whether they realize it or not. And as long as we're in religion, our heart will never be satisfied because religion is a counterfeit to the kingdom of heaven. Religion gets you working for and never laying hold of what the kingdom of heaven is. Because religion always, religion portrays the kingdom of heaven as something that is postponed. But I'm here to tell you today, the kingdom of heaven is here. what your heart has longed for all your life the acceptance the affirmation of a father the power to overcome every circumstance that comes against you what is it? it's the kingdom of heaven that's why he says that we are more than conquerors 
through him who loved us, that we are overcomers. Why? Because we have the very power of the kingdom of heaven on the inside of us. That makes us, because the greater one lives in us, we're not at a disadvantage. We're never in a deficit. We have all that we need. We're fully supplied to overcome every situation that comes against us in life. Oh, healing, deliverance, fullness of joy, the peace of God that passes all understanding is all available in the kingdom of heaven. Joy and peace come from believing the gospel. That's what Romans 15, 13 says. It says that joy and peace come from believing. Man, I want us all to just stand. King is here. Hallelujah. The King is here. Lord, we change the way that we're thinking. We open our minds. We open our hearts. Lord, we thank you. You qualified us to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints. That's us. We're citizens of your kingdom, Father God. Oh, and I thank you that you canceled every sin to qualify us to partake that you defeated our enemy, that you took away everything that he had against us. There's nothing between you and the Father but Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we rejoice in you this morning. We rejoice in your presence this morning. Oh, come on, church. Let praise arise in your heart. Let rejoicing arise in your heart. Exalt his name. Magnify him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you. We honor you. Hallelujah. Just receive. Hallelujah. Receive. It's already yours. Partake. Partake. King is here. Kingdom is here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The words of this song is let your kingdom Hallelujah. reign. You, but God says the kingdom comes from us. Yeah. We speak because we are his imagers. Yes, yes, yes. We speak and the power comes through us. He has given us the power. He has given us the authority. When we speak his truth, he puts his yes and his amen with our words. We are connected. So what you need right now, you need to speak it out. What you need, what God has given you, you speak it out. You create it by faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise your name. We praise your name. We make your kingdom. We bring your kingdom into this earth. It is us. You have given it to us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just continue to, to keep this atmosphere of honor. I want to make this call out. If there's anybody here that you've never declared Jesus as Lord, then your name is not written in heaven. You're not a citizen. I'm telling you, Jesus already paid. He already, he already made the path to citizenship for you. All you have to do is step into that, declare your allegiance to the king, <laughs> and believe on his work, and you can have your name written in the book of life. You become a citizen of heaven, you'll be transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. If there's anybody here, you know, I'm not going to say, hey, we'll just get with you later. If there's anybody here this morning, you want to come and receive your inheritance, the kingdom of God that was prepared for you from a found, before the foundation of the earth, you ought to run up here right now. You ought to run up here right now. 
because then you have access to every benefit of the benevolent, loving King that He provided for you through His death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If there's anybody, anybody, hallelujah, anybody, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's the day that everything changes. You're a daughter of the King. Lift your head, lift your hands. You believe in the resurrection of Jesus? that your sins were canceled by his death, proven to be received by God through his resurrection, then say, Jesus is Lord. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. I receive him today. I'm a child of God. I'm a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Now give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, I just thank you that the Holy Spirit come upon her right now in the name of Jesus. Father wants you to fill his, Father wants to fill you with his spirit and power right now. Just receive it. Raise your hands. Hallelujah. Begin to give him praise. We thank you, Father. Oh, the Holy Spirit come on this sister right now and empower her. Father God, to be a servant of the kingdom. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father God. Bring her into wholeness in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you began to reveal to her her true identity, that you take the things of Christ and reveal them to her, that her eyes of her heart would be enlightened, that she would see everything that belongs to her, that as he is, so is she. That what's true of Jesus is now true of her. And what belongs to Jesus now belongs to her. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Listen, if you have any kind of need, come and receive of your inheritance. God wants to prove some things today. He wants to prove some things today. His kingdom is here. He wants to make it known. He wants to prove it. Hallelujah. Anyone partake of your inheritance, the kingdom of heaven sure is prepared before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. We praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we worship you. We worship you this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's more. There's even more than what you've seen in your heart. even what you've seen in your heart and you've seen some great things there's more than that the heavens are opened the heavens are opened the Lord knows that you've been in preparation time but he says it's time to step into proving time no limit there's no limit other than what's up here God says take the take the top off take the top off 
And don't put it in a box. Don't make it, don't think it's got to look a certain way. The kingdom of heaven is manifest everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. In every sphere where God opens a door for your influence, he's opening that door so that he can release his kingdom through your life. May not look like what we thought it would look like, but it's going to look glorious. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, these two doorways, doorways, doorways of the kingdom of heaven manifesting in the lives of the people that they can touch only. Hallelujah. It's not arrogance, it's boldness. Don't receive that lie. It's not arrogance, it's boldness. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's boldness. You've got. Hallelujah. You've got something. God saw it before the foundation of the world. Nothing's taken him by surprise. Hallelujah. Nothing. He didn't cause everything, but he's sure, sure going to use it all. Hallelujah. Submit to his plan. Submit to it. Submit to his plan fully. Hallelujah. Take the limits off. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, I just want to... I want to open this up to anybody to come, but I'm going to have our ministers come forward. Band's going to continue to play. I want our ministers to come forward. I just want to exhort you. The kingdom of heaven is here. If you're dealing with depression or anxiety, any disorder or addiction, don't leave this, don't leave this room. Come forward. Let somebody agree with you and touch heaven this morning. Jesus said, if any two on earth agree as touching anything, it'll be done for them. It's one of the keys of the kingdom. Don't leave. Don't leave. Hallelujah. It's your inheritance. <laughs> What person would hear that they've received an inheritance and go, eh, I don't think I'll go. I'll just, I don't really want it. I don't really need it. <laughs> you just got to realize how great this inheritance is. Amen. Hallelujah. Be sure and be here Wednesday night as we continue to rediscover the kingdom of heaven so that we could enter into it. God bless you. You're dismissed. Amen. Thank you.